0: Thank you, Willem. Greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank God for bringing us together once again this morning. Um, let me take this time to I see new faces and uh, visitors to welcome our visitors. I see a lady at the back there. What's your name? I can't hear you. Olu. Um, welcome, Olu. And I see gentlemen gentleman there. Daniel. Daniel. Olu, Daniel, and then there's Uncle, Lo, Uncle Low and Uncle Gavin as well in our midst, uh, two gentlemen at the back there. Uh, welcome. Uh, feel at home. Get to know them even after church. Uh, welcome to Central Baptist Church. Um, Right um, for for the past three weeks now we've been going through John chapter three verse sixteen, just looking at that uh, verse um, alone. So as I said in the beginning, that we're going to to look at it for four weeks. Um, it's a it's a it's a verse that is well known, right? Everybody, almost everybody. Let me not say that. Um, almost everybody knows that verse, and 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 and. Um, when you, when you, when you, most of the time, when people share the gospel, it is a verse that um, comes to mind. And I remember even when I came to the Lord, um, when I was in, I was in, uh, I was in university, and and, and um, I, I I was living. I wanted to live my own life. I wanted to to live, um, you know, as 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 much a way from what seemed Christian, because I grew up in a Christian family, and I wanted to separate myself from what, what people said was Christianity. I wanted to disassociate myself with God, and um, as, as, as the months grew by, God started convicting me, and, and, and I found myself so convicted that I felt like um, at that moment when I woke up out of bed that if I got out of bed, I would fall right into yeah. hell and um, as, as I was scared there, scared of the wrath of God um, scared that, that, that I have sinned against God this is one of the verses that I remembered right John chapter 3 verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life it is a verse that is well known but um. Afraid that it's a verse that is little understood. So as we, we go through this text for these four weeks, my desire is that the next time we, we meditate on this or the next time we share this verse with, with, with other people, we will do so with such depth, with such understanding, with such awe of the love of God. Amen. So let us, let us look at God's word. We looked at, first of all, we looked at God's love, right? For God so loved the world. Um, in the first week, second week, we looked at God's gift that he gave his only son. Today, we look at God's call. And, and, and God's call, we're going to look at these words, that whoever believes in him, God's call, right? Let us bow our heads and pray. And and we'll consider God's word. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we we thank you for these amazing words. And we pray our hearts will truly be opened to hear your voice. That it will be your voice that thunders in our hearts. That draws us to yourself with such conviction. and That we would be people that truly honor you and truly love you. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. Now, when, when we talk about God's love, the fact that God has loved the world, right? The fact that we are amazed by, 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 by this love of God, we are awed by the love of God, and, and, and we even discover that his love was ultimately displayed in the giving of his son, and we saw last week that it is not just his son, but it is his only son. Right? That the love of God is ultimately and most beautifully displayed in God giving his son to sinners as a gift. Now, brothers and sisters, the gospel, when we hear the proclamation of the gospel, Our response is not just to hear. The gospel demands a response. The the gospel demands that we respond to it. Right? It's either we respond by receiving it or we respond by rejecting it, but we must respond. There is no way that the gospel can be proclaimed and we become indifferent. Indifference when it comes to responding to the gospel is not an option. It's either you receive the gospel or you reject the gospel. And here we see God's call. He's making a call. Jesus Christ, as he conversates, as he talks to Nicodemus, he tells him about the love of God. He says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. And then he calls Nicodemus and says, whoever believes in him. Now let us consider those words this morning. Whoever believes in him. What, what does Jesus mean when he says, whoever believes in him? What is Jesus getting at? And I, I want to answer to this, this question by giving you two things. First of all, Jesus means that salvation is a free offer to all. And secondly, Jesus means that salvation is by faith in Christ. Right? Let us look at the first one. Salvation is a free offer to all. Notice that little little word. That whoever, right? Whoever. It is a word that means whatever person. It is a word that means no matter who. He is calling us and saying whoever. Now, remember that Jesus Christ is speaking to a Jew, right? He is speaking to a teacher of the Jews. The Jews had a a nationalistic view of salvation. To them, the Messiah... Christ only came for the Jewish nation alone and so that meant that anyone who was not a Jew anyone who did not belong in the nation of the Jew was without hope because the one qualifying characteristic or the one qualifying mark is that you have Abraham you have a connection with Abraham a blood connection with Abraham. And you, if you do not have a blood connection with Abraham, you are definitely without hope. Have you noticed when you read the Gospels and you, you notice the, 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 the conversations and the, the debates and, uh, uh, that Jesus has with, with the Pharisees? Most of the time, they keep appealing to the fact that they are children of Abraham. Think about John chapter 8. In their dispute with Jesus Christ, when Jesus speaks about the fact that to know truth is to be set free. And they say to Jesus Christ, they say in verse 33 of John chapter 8, they say, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Right? They appeal to the fact that they have a connection with Abraham and this is very important to them. It meant that by virtue of their connection with Abraham, they are safe. This is how pastors' kids feel a lot of times. Because my dad is a pastor and is saved, that I am safe. This is how children with Christian parents feel a lot of times, right? Because of their connection with their parents, they feel like they are safe. But but that is not the truth. That is not the truth. This nationalistic view that they had caused them to think less of others. This, is, this was the danger of, of this view that they had. They thought less of others. Their view... Of the gentiles if you if you read the gospels they thought of the gentiles as dogs they thought of them as nothing and this is what happens when our identity brothers and sisters is is connected our identity and pride is connected to our nationality it is connected to our tribes it is connected to our race this is what happens what 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 becomes the case uh, 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 when, 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 there, when there is a reality, is that we, we start to find it easy to dehumanize others who are different from us, right? Think about history. History just tells a bitter story of what happens when we dehumanize people. This is why we have a history of slavery where hundreds of thousands of, of Africans were taken from their lands into strange countries to toil under harsh conditions. And this is what happens when, 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 when we, we see in Nazi Germany, where, where the Germans um, exterminate millions of Jews. This is what happens when, when we have uh, we, we see, even in, 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 in our own country, the, the system of apartheid or the, the system of oppression. And again, we see that uh, th- this is what happens when, 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 when we, we dehumanize people. We get things like a, a, a tribal genocide between the Hutus and the, and the Tutsis in, in, in Rwanda. Right? When, when, when you start to connect your identity with your nationality, when you start to connect your identity with your tribe, when you start to connect your identity with your race, it is much easier to do what? To look down on people. At the heart of this evil systems is a low view of those who are different from you. And brothers and sisters, let me say this, that the gospel has no room for nationalism, that the gospel has no room for tribalism, the gospel has no room for racism. The apostle Peter was such a person. He was very nationalistic in his view of salvation. To him, Jews were to be with Jews and and Gentiles with Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, God flips his worldview around by showing him a, a vision with a sheet coming down from heaven being let down by its four corners. In it were all kinds of, of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And God says to Peter in that vision, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter looks at all these animals that are not kosher, right? He says, by no means, Lord, by no means. For I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And God rebukes him by saying this. He says to him, what God has made clean, do not call common. Now, now this is where God was getting it. Uh, and, and Peter gets it. God sends Peter to Cornelius' house. Remember, Cornelius was a Gentile, right? He was a Gentile. He was not a Jew. And, 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 and Peter, God sends Peter to Cornelius' house to share the gospel with Cornelius' house. And as he gets there, this is what he says. Listen to what Peter says in verse 28. He says, You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with anyone or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me to He has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. In other words, God has changed my perspective, right? God has changed my perspective so that I don't identify with my nationality. I don't identify with the fact that I'm a Jew. His categories were further were destroyed when he preaches the gospel to the Gentiles and the Holy Spirit falls on these brothers and sisters and they come to salvation in Christ. But as if that was not enough, in chapter 11, when Peter goes back um, to, to Joppa, fellow Jews hear that Peter went to a Gentile household, right? And, and, they, and they call him in the meeting, and you can see them fuming. Why did you mix with these people? And, and they criticize him. That's what Luke says. He says they start criticizing him. And Peter starts to recount the story of what happened and how God saved the Gentile people in the same way he did to the Jews, they couldn't say anything. And this, is what, this was the response. Look at verse 18, chapter 11. When they heard these things, they fell silent. And they glorified God saying this. And this is very important, brothers and sisters. This is very important. Then, to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Do you see that? Do you see why Jesus Christ, when he shares the gospel to this man who's a Jew, and Jesus Christ says to him, whoever, right? Just think how it strikes Nicodemus. Nicodemus is like, whoever, really? You mean this is not just for the Jew? Jesus Christ says, whoever. You see, the offer of salvation brothers and sisters, is not limited to a particular nation or tribe but it is a free offer to all. In Titus chapter 2 verse 11 the Bible tells us the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people. In verses 1 to 10 of Titus chapter 2 he is talking to old men, to to young men, to young women, to old women, to to slaves and, and, and every kind of person is saying the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people. That little word whoever talks about every tribe, tongue, and nation. That little word, whoever, is a word that says to you and me that there's hope. It's a word that says to you and me that whatever sin that you think you've committed, there's hope for you in Christ. There's hope for everyone who comes to him. It is a word that is indiscriminate. It is a word that is free. It is a free offer to all. John chapter 6 verse 37. Jesus says, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. What a joy it is to know that you belong in whoever. So Jesus Christ says, first of all, salvation is a free offer to all. And secondly, he says, salvation is through faith in Christ. Look at that text again. Uh, That whoever, now he says, believes in him. Right? Whoever believes in him. Remember that John chapter 3 verse 16 is not an island on its own, right? It's in a context, and in this context, Jesus Christ was sharing, was talking to Nicodemus, and I love this conversation, because Nicodemus comes to Jesus Christ as a teacher, right? And as he comes to Jesus Christ, he comes with a compliment, a compliment of compliments. He says to him, look at the text with me in verse 1, I just want to highlight something to you that is very important, and I want us to get this. He, he comes as a teacher. He says, Rabbi, verse 2, we, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. This is a compliment, right? It's, it's a compliment, and I don't know uh, uh, if, if, if you, are more fa- you are familiar with the courtesy of conversation. When someone gives you a compliment, what's the expected response? Thank you. Right? <laughs> Thank you. But Jesus Christ looks at Nicodemus dead in the eyes and, and says to him, Truly, truly, I say to you. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this shocks Nicodemus out of his boots. Because Nicodemus, when he approaches Jesus, in his mind, he's approaching Jesus on a level of teacher to teacher. But Jesus Christ, when he responds to Nicodemus, he responds to Nicodemus as savior to sinner. And this is what we need to see, brothers and sisters, right? This is what we need to see. Because Jesus Christ is making it clear and he's saying to Nicodemus, salvation is by faith in Christ. Although Nicodemus might have been a morally upright man who who sought to live by the letter of the law and, and a teacher of the law who sought to explain God's law to God's people, and as a Jew and as a Pharisee, he believed that God rewarded men for their good life. They, they, they you know, he rewarded men for the good life that they lived and, and for their prayers and for all their religion and so on. The, 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 the Pharisees thought, if I do this much, then God will give me this reward. The Apostle Paul once believed this kind of doctrine, right? As a Pharisee, and we see in, in Philippians that he says this kind of, 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 of thing where I trust in my works, I trust in my background, I trust in my nationality. He says it's nothing, it's done. Now Jesus Christ looks at Nicodemus, who thinks I can work for my salvation, and Jesus Christ says to him, God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him. Whoever believes in him. And he is changing Nicodemus' thought about salvation. That salvation is by faith only in Christ. Now what I'm anxious to make plain and clear to you is the fact that you receive salvation entirely and only as a gift from God. God. It is a result of only believing in him, of faith in him. You do nothing for it at all. It is not a result of your good works or, or your good life. It is not a result of your efforts or your striving after or your, any of your achievements. That has nothing to do with it. It is entirely the result of believing in the name of Jesus. It is only by believing in him. And what what does Jesus mean by believing in him? It means, as our Lord was explaining to Nicodemus, that you must believe in the person of Christ. You must believe in him. It is in him. It means that you accept scriptural testimony and evidence that Jesus Christ was none other than the eternal son of God. He was God himself. You accept the testimony of scripture about Jesus Christ as nothing but the truth. It means that you believe this record. That at at a given point in time, which happened when you turned from uh, from your BC life, from your before Christ life to your AD life, that the son of God himself came out of heaven and was born of the virgin womb. It means that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It means that you believe that Jesus, the person of Jesus who appeared to be just a man to, to many and who worked as a carpenter in Nazareth for all the silent years that he spent, he was none other than the everlasting God himself that in him all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made it means that you believe that the son of god that jesus christ the son of god is the son of god that that you believe that not only is his not only in his person but you believe in his works right you believe in what he has done you believe that he came into the world in order to save man from perishing and, and that he did not come into the world just to give us a moral teaching. Just to give us an example or to add to our efforts and our endeavors. No, no, no. You, you believe in him that when he says to us in Luke chapter 19 verse 10 that the son of man came to seek and save th- that which was lost. You you believe as Mark says in Mark chapter 10 verse 45 that the son of man did not come to serve but to, did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many you believe that You believe that he came from heaven to earth to show the world from the earth to the cross he bore our sin He he took our shame. He he, he took the wrath of God upon him. You believe that. You, You believe that he was buried for three days in the grave. You believe that he rose again on the third day for our justification. You believe that. And lastly, as Romans chapter 10 says, chapter 10 verse 9, if you... Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I wonder, brothers and sisters, have you believed? Have you believed that that Jesus Christ is indeed Lord? Have Have you trusted that God raised him from the dead for your justification? Have you trusted him with your life? Is that where your hope lies? Whoever believes in him. We'll continue next week looking at that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, what a joy it is indeed to know that your salvation is a free offer to all. Thank you that we find ourselves today in your grace because you included us in the whoever. I pray for anyone, oh God, who does not know you, who has not come to know you, that they will see this truth that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.